Say, can you see that it's the Gas and Go podcast? What is up, everyone? Welcome to the aforementioned Gas and Go podcast. Happy Fourth of July out there to everyone listening. Hope you had a great time celebrating, however, you do. The crew is scattered around the country a little bit, but we're all back in the Zoom house tonight, ready to get this latest episode underway. We're talking Road America, paint schemes, big time NASCAR news, all the usual stuff, a semi-interesting announcement at the end for those of you that stick with us every week. I am excited to be back to a normal episode, though. After our Pocono recap last week, it was good to talk about that, but we're back in the groove now, so let's get it going right away and bring in the rest of the crew. Batty leadoff, he's our gas man, uh, almost as good of a leadoff hitter as Kyle Schwarber. It's Papa Bear Dave. Dave, at what point this weekend or during the race did you realize they weren't in Daytona? <laughs> Fortunately, you guys filled me in in Pocono that they no longer run Daytona on July 4th. A little disappointed, uh, but as soon as they kind of start going up the hill to the start finish line, it became pretty apparent we're not in Daytona anymore. Good question, Garrett. A lot of chatter out there on the social media about uh, not being in Daytona f- uh, again for July 4th. So interesting choice in, in Wisconsin, but we'll talk about that. Next up, we got our analytics guru, Ryan, the news correspondent, Rhino. Ryan. You were at the other new track on the circuit this year, Coda. So are you taking barbecue and Coda or cheese and Road America for your 4th of July tradition moving forward? I do love cheese, but always give me Coda. And I'm a little worried if Coda is going to come back on the schedule for next year. So Dylan, pack your bags. We might might be heading to Wisconsin next year. We got the analytics guru and the Jackman in Wisconsin. And speaking of the Jackman, let's bring in the five greatest Jackman of all time. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Dill, you and I were together this weekend. And like good Americans, we watched the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on Sunday. How many do you think you could put down in 10 minutes? And are you dunking your buns in water? (laughs) I think I could do it without the bun in the water just to kind of keep, you know, myself from throwing up even before uh, my stomach gets there. I think the 10 minutes is irrelevant. It's when do I hit my wall of hot dogs? Because they're all going in 10 minutes. I'm going to go with, I could probably get five and then maybe suffer through a, a solid six. Okay. I was thinking a little bit more from you. Papa Bear, how many are you putting down? I think I could enjoy a dozen hot dogs. Any more than that. It's like, <laughs> then, you know, I'm not putting down 50 plus, but that's that fun. Like sneak no up fun. on you. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I did four and called it dinner. Like, it wasn't a. Concept. That's true. I, will, I have had four at a, um, in one sitting easily without really thinking about it before. So I'll go up to. Uh, maybe nine double digits is a, I think a good solid goal, but I don't think I could get there. One a minute. Uh, we got to get to our last, but not least crew member, our eyes on the sky spotter cons cons. We did not address this last week. So I got to bring it back. It's kind of like a Ryan news segment question here, but I think it's important. Uh, it was overshadowed that one of the cup races at Pocono was sponsored by a CBD company. However, drivers still can't have CBD sponsorships. Is it time we change that? Yeah, I definitely think NASCAR should let the drivers be sponsored by CBD companies. I mean, it's time to get with the rest of the country. It's a new revenue stream. I think it'd be great for the sport. 
There's a lot of money in CBD, and if NASCAR knows anything, it's where to find a lot of money. So I, I got to think it's coming soon. I'll say, I'll tell you this: I've never used CBD, but we gave uh, two to my dog this weekend for the Fourth of July because she's scared of fireworks. She was knocked out cold. It, it was like the best thing ever. It, she wasn't scared at all. I mean, I caught her eating a bag of Cheetos later that night, but other than that, it was great. So let's let's do it. <laughs> all right, Dave, well, what you got for me this week? Speaking of Cheetos, all of our regular listeners know this is really a food podcast. And uh, since we just celebrated Independence Day, as we've discussed, I want to hear your ideal 4th of July plate. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, on 4th of July, I I was out and I came back and uh, my mom had cooked some hamburgers and hot dogs. And I was like, this is perfect. I was like, I would have been disappointed if I had did not have a hamburger and hot dog on the 4th of July. I think, I mean, there's so many obviously huge things you could concoct and come up with, but hamburger, hot dog, whatever you want to put on the side, it doesn't matter to me. Beans, chips, coleslaw, mac and cheese, hamburger and hot dog are the staple though. Dave, one quick fact check here. As a true American, I was the one that grilled those hamburgers and hot dogs on the 4th of July. So just to put that out there. (laughs) Important clarification there. There you go. And look, I'm, I'm known for throwing a lot of color on the grill, getting a little weird with it, but uh, I agree with you. On 4th of July, hamburgers, hot dogs, keep it simple. Well, I got you. Why don't you tell us who does keep the Gas & Go Boys fueled? And I'm happy to tell our listeners that this Gas & Go podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years, home to guarantee lowest pre-order prices, automatic discounts in your cart, and free upgrades to expedited shipping. All right. Thanks, Dave. You boys ready to talk some paint schemes? Finally. (laughs) Dill, play us in. All right. Bumper sticker awards this week, boys. Um, We're talking about Road America. I feel like I've said this maybe three or four times of the last episodes it was kind of another disappointing paint scheme run out there for for what the weekend was i feel like old school daytona like every car had an american flag on the side or something like americana there were some out there and they were nice but it it still felt a little lacking to me so yeah we're talking not july 4th weekend it's not the 5th the 6th we're talking july 4th at road america and not every car had red, white, and blue on it, that that should have been the, the bare minimum threshold. <laughs> That's a good point. That should have been on the, the rule sheet this week. Um, all right. Well, we're going to run through our order here, and we're doing it by who's um, who had the highest finishing prediction. And this week, it goes to Spotter Cons because he had Chase Elliott, who won the race. So, Spider Cons, you have the pick of the litter. Yeah, I, uh, this is a pretty nice-looking car this weekend. It's one of the few that kind of stood out to me. And it is uh, Kevin Harvick's Bush Light Apple. He, I believe, asked him what his favorite uh, Bush Light was, and he said Bush Light Apple. So, maybe they put that on the car for him just because, you know, to show it's his favorite. But it's a nice-looking red car with, uh, you know, the, the red can there on the side and just Looked really, looked really sweet. That was a good one. Good one. Dave's probably disappointed, especially since he's going second. He had Kyle Larson as his uh, prediction, who finished third. So, Dave, you are picking second this week. Uh, I thought I had Kyle Busch, who finished second. 
Either way, I'm, I'll take this pick. You correct. You you had Kyle Busch, but he did finish third, so we, we split the difference. Crucio's <laughs> getting fact checked all over the place tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Two truths and a lie is going to be a show. Um, look, if there's one thing I like more than an attractive car, it's a delicious car, and nobody's car, don't do nobody's it. car, do it. better this week than that 47 of Ricky oh, Stenhouse come on. Jr. <laughs> Ballpark buns and rolls on the quarter panels of a Kroger car. First of all. Quarter panels have a very special place to me now. So just putting a, a mustard-covered grilled hot dog there, just letting that hot dog do the talking. I'm slapping at Dave's.com somewhere near that hot dog, but certainly not on top. Very nice July 4th car. Speaking of hot dogs, I mean, that one was just – that was a layup for you there, Dave. Absolutely. I saw that one on uh... – I don't know, a couple of days before the race. And we usually, you know, text thread or sending around paint schemes and everything. I did it. I held that one back. I was like, maybe I'll keep this one in the back pocket. There's nothing more American than a ballpark hot dog. That was a late. That was a great sizable hot dog they put on that card too. It wasn't like any kind of subtle hot dog. That thing was the whole quarter panel. All right. Um, Well, Rhino, you are next. You had Martin Truex Jr. You finished ninth. So you're picking third. Who you got? Um, I'm scrambling here, but as I quickly look through, I think the best patriotic paint scheme, I'm going to go with the three car, Austin Dillon with the Dow Jones, uh, blue, red, white, and blue car. I'm not sure what Dow does. I think they make chemicals and plastics and stuff. So perfect for NASCAR. So give me, yeah, give me the number three car in the red, white, and blue scheme. It looked good. Yeah. Austin Dillon and that, and the three team Richard Childress always have a great Americana car. Um, that one was very nice. You are correct. Dow does make chemicals, nice wavy American flag there. Nice big old red number three, nothing to hate about that one. Uh, all right, Dill, you are second to last this week and you had Kyle Larson. Uh, sorry, Dave. I just had Kyle written next to your name. And I just assumed if you're picking second, you have Kyle written next to your name. It's Larson. It's a fair assumption. Dill, <laughs> Dill actually had Kyle Larson who finished 16th. So he's picking second to last Dill. All right. I I'm torn between two here that are still on the board that I like. Um, I'll touch on one of them afterwards. So I'm going to go with the Bubba Wallace 23 Dr. Pepper car solely because if you put your own face on the hood of your car, that's just a fantastic move all around, and I respect the heck out of that. So him ha- just holding a Dr. Pepper there with, like, little heart wings coming out of it makes no sense what's happening or why it's July 4th paint scheme. But his face was on a car, and that is a grade A move. So well done, Bubba. Always good having the face on there. I agree. Um, yeah, that one, it was some, like, sort of fan-voted thing. So It was uh, a fan-voted yeah. car. So I, I don't okay. know if it was Bubba's first choice. but That it, makes me feel better fun. about picking it because it's a weird car. I don't know if I would, if I would have uh, chosen that if I had done this fan vote, but hey, it was good. All right, I'm cleaning it up. I had Alex Bowman, who was running like fourth with three laps left and then had to pit and finish 22nd. So here I am in last place. And so, okay, like I said, the, the Americana cars were pretty disappointing. Um, on the July 4th, as a guy who loves Americana cars, I'm, I'm kind of actually mad at myself that I'm not even going to pick one. But I just thought Brad Keselowski's number two snap-on car, the makers and fixers thing, just looked really nice out there. A nice wave between the red, silver, and black. Snap-on is also a, just an awesome classic NASCAR sponsor. I'm pretty sure my Dale Earnhardt jacket has a snap-on logo on it. Uh, so that uh, gets my... Bumper sticker award for the week. Brad Keselowski in the number two snap-on Ford Mustang. 
Anybody got our honorable mentions? Dill, it sounded like you did. Yeah, I have one uh, America-themed honorable mention, and I just thought that Kyle Busch's Skittles car was very well done. I mean, flags all over the place. It was on the bottom. The whole top was the stars for it, but that little just like red and white flag kind of flowing throughout the entire side of the car, and then a great hood, too, with the stars kind of creeping down into the Skittles, so I really liked how that was done. Dill, even better than the Kyle Busch <laughs> Skittles car was his Xfinity car, which was the M&M's ice cream sandwich car, oh, baby. which is without a doubt first place in the order of uh, Mars candy rankings here. Not really candy, <laughs> but it is the greatest sandwich I could have ever imagined. They have a chocolate version. They have a uh, regular version. They've got a mint version. It's all amazing. That's yeah, and he cool. actually took that car to victory lane, right? I didn't I didn't see the post race, but did they have ice cream sandwiches on top of the car? Were they throwing those to the crew members? That's what should have happened. I didn't see the celebration. Uh, it did not look like it. They probably would have been a little melty, but uh, that's a good, good <laughs> suggestion there. It's okay. It's like at the brickyard. Instead of drinking a uh, jug of milk, you just drink the melted ice cream from the M and M's ice cream bar. Yeah, I agree with Dill though on the uh, on the honorable mention. That was a clear like one A for me. If there hadn't been a car with a hot dog on it, I would have gone with the Kyle Busch car, being patriotic and delicious. But uh, yeah, very very good paint scheme. Another good food one was actually Josh Balicki's the fifty two car. Uh, the way that they did that hood was really cool with how they used the grill where it wasn't just like a typical grill or something. They had the teeth above and below it and like the Mustang right in the middle of the mouth. And it looked like a nice, like hungry mouth on the front of it. Uh, I just thought it was a well kind of design where you don't see it that, that often. The grill used like that. It's got like a giant piece of pizza on the, on the quarter panel there too. In the back, There's a lot of pepperonis back there. Now that looks I'm like a good piece it. of pizza. I would eat that pizza. Yeah, it's Screaming Sicilian Pizza Company. Ever, anyone ever had them? They make frozen pizzas, right? Yeah, I believe I I've seen no them idea. in the Harris Teeter Pizza aisle. I feel like I've seen them, and yeah, same. Might have to go pick up a couple. Can't say I've eaten it, though. Let's, let's put this episode on pause and get a couple in the oven. We'll, uh, we'll be back later. Uh, I'm going to give two more quick shout-outs. I thought uh, Ty Dillon's number 96, the Lure Lock car, looked pretty cool. Nice colors on there. This is another fishing uh, clothing I, company that I'm only going to see uh, for the next four weeks. I, d I don't think they're a, a clothing company. I okay. think they make tackle. Yeah, I love that they, they featured um, a treble but, hook. You don't see the treble hook used a lot in like fishing yeah. paraphernalia. That's definitely a Bass Pro tie in there because, you know, the Dillon family has that Bass Pro connection. And I'm sure you'll go to Bass Pro and there'll be some lure locks in aisle two uh, ready for purchase. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and then. And then I liked uh, Suarez, Daniel Suarez, our guy's car, uh, the 99. Nice, good Sam sort of patriotics theme there instead of uh, Camping World. So uh, I think that's it for paint schemes this week, unless somebody's got – oh, I almost forgot. Some of the biggest news of the weekend just dropped, I think, today. The Michael Annette spicy chicken sandwich car oh. is coming out. <laughs> I mean – Ryan Williams, our, our guy who was on the show a while ago, is paint scheme designer for JR Motorsports. He hit it out of the park with this one. It's got a spicy chicken sandwich behind the number, which is just like so epic. And I think Dill on the uh, on the chain today was like, is, is Flying J like a fast food place? And Connor was like, no, it's a gas station. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a truck it's stop. It's the perfect combination. So you can eat that spicy chicken sandwich 
and shower afterwards. It's so hot. It sounds like we need to make another trip together and uh, check out this spicy sandwich here. Absolutely. Hit the slot machine on the way out. I mean, <laughs> truck stop, man. You, you shower before or after the sandwich? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely after. After you go to the bathroom, too. <laughs> Eating a truck stop spicy sandwich. <laughs> uh, it does look delicious. And that is a sweet looking car. So I uh, can't wait to see that one on the track coming up. Uh, I think a it's going to be on there for a couple of different races. So good job for to uh, shout out to our boy, Ryan Williams on that one. I thought I'd throw that in there. Um, all right, well, let's move on here. Do we have any uh, get social media shout outs or are we, oh, we Ryan, done with them? Man, I'm yeah, off my on. game. No, you, we, yeah. we do. Thanks for reminding me. We got a ton here. You think I wouldn't do my job for this podcast? You think I would just let something slip by me like that? Since we have a ton, it's, I, I want to remind you, you read the name and the like handle both. Yes, yeah. correct. I mean, yeah. Cue, so you can know the who's music. doing it. Right. Just making sure. Okay. All right. Starting up first, we've got Sean Misak at SRM Racing 34. Sean like Ryan Priest's car. We got our boy Larry at Larry 253-52065. Wait, Larry wait. Austin Dillon. Yeah. That was gonna be my guess. <laughs> Harvick and Christopher Bell. So he threw in a couple extras this week. We got Kenny uh, at Hunt eighty eight ninety seven. Kenny liked any guesses? Elliot Harvick. He must have liked the Harvick car. He he did. He had both. He had Elliot and Harvick. All right, all right. Uh, Jane liked Chase Briscoe at Jane Waldrop, um, and she also liked Bubba Wallace's car. And it was Jane's birthday this weekend, so happy birthday, Jane! And that's it. So get a little rundown there. Thanks everybody for tuning in. A couple new people in there, so appreciate you listening. Appreciate you engaging, and uh, we'll get you on here for the next couple of weeks as well. So thanks, Ryan, for reminding me before we move into stage two, where I'm sure you've got a loaded loaded lineup of news to get through so ryan let's throw it over to you oh uh, we sure do track house racing chip ganassi uh two charters moving into the full building connor we gotta go to you for comment first so pitbull three charters next year or two charters what's he gonna do with all those charters I don't know. He's, he's taking over the sport, man. He's he's really going full dolly on this purchase, and I am really excited to see what he, he brings to the table. Dave, any quick thoughts? I got several thoughts on this. My first thought right. is Chip Ganassi straight said when approached for comment that his team was not for sale. Um, and if you've ever had something of value like a house or even a car, if it wasn't for sale and you sold it, it means someone offered you a rough, large amount of money for it because it's just a number that you went, I can't say no to this. Um, so respect to Trackhouse for bringing an offer to a guy who had no intention of selling his business that he was like, yeah, you can have my building, my equipment, my cars, my charters, take all of it. Maybe Dave, he was saying it wasn't for sale because that sale had already all but gone through no, I mean, this was, was after this was after it had ha like I've never had a upper level sports person lie to me about someone getting traded or something being for sale. So I don't know, Connor. I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> We're talking after that. My point, everything is for sale at a price, right? My point is like my house isn't for sale. But if someone comes up and offers me more than it's worth, I'm a fool not to take it. Do you think um, it was front, front row tickets to a Pitbull concert? Is that like the, the sweetness? I assume, I assume that is part of the deal. For yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. 
I think all it. those all those royalties from how many times we played where the country girls at was able to help uh, fulfill the Definitely sale helped. to get up to that that price that Chip Ganassi wasn't but also was asking for. Garrett, as the Chevy guy of the crew, what do you think? I mean, I think it's awesome. I, you know, every time I see Justin Marks and Trackhouse doing something or saying something, uh, I like him more and more. He he seems to know exactly what he wants to do, where he wants to go. He's got Ty Norris on board there too, who knows everything there is about starting a new team and failing. So you know, which is you know a good good perspective to have. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think the most interesting part is that Justin Marks said that Daniel Suarez is going to be in one of those charters. So who's going to be in the other one? Because Chip Ganassi has two drivers, Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain. Um, is it one of them? Is it somebody else? That's going to be the big silly season rumor coming up this season of, of what happens there. I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. Would you rather have Kurt Busch or Ross Chastain in that car next year? Well, isn't Kurt Busch also potentially going to 2311? Wasn't that rumor kind of floating around there for a couple weeks? Yeah, that is. That, yeah, that's a rumor. And I mean, Denny's I doubled down on the fact that he, he wants to have a second team. Uh, but I don't know where he's getting that charter. I'm not saying he won't. Um, certainly, he's got some money in his pockets, too, that he could spend. But he doesn't have that second charter locked up. I agree with you, Jill. That's a great spot for Kurt. To answer Garrett's question, it's easily Kurt Busch for me. Um, maybe it's just because I haven't seen enough of Reckham Ross Chastain. But yeah, I'm going to take the former champion in, in my car if, if I'm starting that team. Ever since the uh, Coke 600 where they had the engines blow up, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing has been on fire recently, though. So Ross Chastain has had some good runs. Kurt Busch has had some good runs working his way back into the playoffs. So I, I still like Kurt Busch moving to 2311, give uh, Bubba Wallace that rival to kind of work with. Let's see how good Bubba is. And maybe Kurt Busch could race without the charter. But maybe my guy, Noah Gregson, that's his music. Maybe he makes the the call up to cup and uh, put him in that 42 car. He could sell some sponsorship, maybe bring, bring a Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, so if they're, if they're running two, sorry, Garrett, if they're running two charters, I got, I'm curious which two numbers they run them. Are, is the 99 going to be theirs? The 99 and the one would be kind of cool, just being on kind of both sides of that spectrum. But Yeah, I, I assume they're taking the 99 and then, yeah, I don't know if they keep a Ganassi number or bring in another number or what. I like that they have made it clear that Suarez is their guy. Um, I think that's great for him to kind of build around him. My question is if this is best, like short-term best for Suarez. We know, I and mean, we talked about it, he's the third car right now in the Childress shop. So is being the first car in the Ganassi shop better than being the third car in the Childress shop? I don't think there's a there's an answer yet, but I, I think that'll be interesting to see. Like that's a tentative yes, though. You always want to be the top guy in the shop, and especially if Pitbull's looking out for you as that top guy, I'm with that all day. Well, the interesting thing is, so Ganassi gets their engines from Hendrick right now, which I guess technically, since they merged their engine shops with Childress, maybe stays the same if Trackhouse continues to get engines from Childress, which they're doing now. So that whole like sort of technical aspect of it is going to be interesting, especially since it's the next gen car. So a lot of that might even be going away. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think the Trackhouse. They want to be a power player. This sets them up to be a power player. Um, and Justin Marks, I'm, I'm just excited to see what else he's got in the works. You know, what was interesting was in the press availability, someone asked him, you know, you said you might run without a charter, but clearly this is this is a different move than doing that. You know, like at what point was like the charter not even part of it? You wanted to go bigger. He said he was like, look, we were ready to go without the charter. You can do it. Um, but when we were looking at the landscape of things, this just made more sense just to get all the assets instead of just the charter. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, the guys making moves. The, 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 the funny thing I thought about this, though, you really could, I think, you know, everyone's scared to do it without the charter. I think you could because you're not even getting 40 cars entered into most of these races. You, The, the, the Daytona 500 would be a gamble, right? Because you, you pretty much have to make that to sort of get the momentum for the rest of the season. But after that, there, I mean... Ryan Priest is at, you know, running without a charter. He's in every race. There, there's there's spots to run in every race if you don't have a charter just based on qualifying and then if you accumulate enough points throughout the season. Um, and you're pretty much going to have enough points or more points than the Rick Ware cars and Quinn Half. So it's like five spots immediately that you're above. So I, I think you could do it. I, you know, so maybe Denny Hamlin thinks about doing it that way i know junior motorsports said they're not going to pay the price tag of what charters are right now um so maybe they try to get them into a daytona 500 and, sort of and i think if they lock up a guy like kurt bush and say hey we're not gonna have a charter we might run a partial schedule that might be perfect for kurt bush who maybe just wants to run the big races maybe run 26 of the 36 not run the full daunting schedule in the new car so it might actually work out better for 2311 for what they want to do in the future to not have that charter but how happy must rick ware be after seeing four charters sold all north of 10 million dollars each i think he bought his for sub five four years ago i mean you, you could have put in the dow jones that might have worked out better but a pretty good asset to be sitting on right now but yeah no any, doubt does anybody bank in on that asset is he is he gonna cash in doesn't seem like there's any suitors left i mean junior said he's not interested but like uh dylan connor said that doesn't mean he's not um, I, I don't know. I mean, do, does Colleg want another one? Does does Trackhouse want a third charter? So, I mean, I think uh, the cool thing to me is we talked, what, a few weeks ago about how old most of the good and good and successful owners are. Um, and since that episode, we've got Hendrick bringing on Jeff Gordon as the apparent heir, uh, younger dude, uh, and then Colleg and Trackhouse moving into the sport. And it's kind of fun to see kind of this youthful movement, this more in touch um, with, with just modern culture, you know, guys like Pitbull. I don't know. I think uh, it's a it's a good direction for NASCAR to be moving in. Definitely. I completely agree with you. Yeah, it, it was funny. We were just talking about that. And so you're already sort of seen with Hendrick bringing on Gordon, Trackhouse taking over Ganassi, who wasn't really that old. He's only 60. And then Brad Keselowski going over to Roush, uh, you know, to sort of be the heir apparent there too. Everyone's sort of lining their chips, <laughs> getting, their, getting their ducks in a row to, to sort of take over their assets when it's uh, time to hang People it up. People are owner. listening to Gas and Go. I mean, that we keep saying it, but it just keeps proving itself true. It is. Every week, baby. Every week. All right, Ryan, any other uh, news? One final news. I got one. Yeah, one. Uh, so the Pro Racing Invitational, the iRacing, is no longer. They are dis They are stopping it. So, Dylan, any final farewell thoughts to the iRacing Pro Invitational Series that brought you back to NASCAR? And now you know, uh, it's a bummer to see it go. I feel like something will take its place soon. And I think a lot of people need to remember... Willie B started as an iRacer, so that's a legit thing. And people, I think that might be like the future of where a lot of these drivers come from. And especially if you get more diversity into the sport, that's the place where it starts. So I think iRacing still has a very large future, especially with NASCAR ahead of itself. Oh, yeah. Dale Jr.'s a co-owner or investor down that. He ain't, he's not going to let it die. 
All right. That was a good rundown of the news, even though it was only two topics. Ryan, thanks for doing your homework this week. Appreciate it as always. Um, I guess I'll stick with you. I, I don't know if I should reward you, but do we have five good seconds this week? Oh, yeah. The best race of the year. All right. Ready? Go. Verstappen, 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 Verstappen wins. Big up in the standings. He's doing great. He's going to kill Lewis. <laughs> All right. Great. Great. Thanks for the update there. Can't wait to tune in <laughs> next week to the Grand Prix of... We're off next hell. week. Oh, they're off. Okay, good, good. Um, all right, well, let's get right into stage three and talk about the race a little bit. But Dave, why don't you give us the latest and the last update for Racing USA? How much more do you think Racing USA would pay us if they didn't follow five good seconds? I got to think this sponsorship deal would be a worth a little bit more money. Having said that, thanks to Racing USA, because of course, this Gas and Go podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecast apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible diecast cars available for 39 different drivers, including this weekend's first NASCAR Cup Series winner at Road America since 1956. Mr. Chase Elliott, RacingUSA.com is truly unique. Items in your cart are automatically discounted. Upgrade your orders to expedited shipping at no additional cost. You're guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices. In-stock orders are shipped the next business day. And of course, you can select from a wide assortment of the newest officially licensed diecast apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. Benefit from others' experiences because Google shoppers rate RacingUSA.com 4.8 out of 5, the highest of any store selling NASCAR merchandise. You guys know this, but RacingUSA.com has been around for more than 20 years. They've stood the test of time, and they're giving away another $200 gift card this month at RacingUSA.com. Whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. Don't forget to tell them the Gas & Go Boys sent you. Garrett. Back to you. All right. Thank you, Dave. And yes, you heard me right. That is the latest with Racing USA, but it's also our last episode with Racing USA on board. So it's been a hell of a run with them. Really have to thank them for all the support they've given us. Took a chance on a podcast a long time ago and, and kept it going for 22 weeks. So 22 weeks you've been hearing uh, Dave give these awesome shout outs and, and pitches for Racing USA. Um, I know I'm going to be shopping there well into the future after our partnership is over, and we hope you do too. Yeah, it's been fun, man. They, they haven't sent me the financials, but I can only assume their P&L has, has seen a little uptick these past 22 weeks, but absolutely appreciate them jumping on board. Uh, I, we gave them profuse thanks last week, but they definitely made the Pocono experience possible, and they've made these last 22 weeks a lot of fun. So thanks again to Racing USA. Yep, definitely, definitely. All right, let's get into stage three and talk a little bit of racing. DW, get it going. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. All right, stage three, we're going to kick it off old school style here, boys. Two truths and a lie. Three facts. You pick out which one is actually not a fact. Here we go. Fact number one, Chase Elliott returns to his dominant form on the road tracks, claiming his seventh career road course win, putting him one behind Tony Stewart for, for second place and two behind Jeff Gordon for first place. Fact number two, Richard Childress Racing continues a hot streak with both 
Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick finishing in the top 11, making it 14 straight races. Neither of them have finished below 21st. Fact number three, Chase Briscoe finishes in sixth place, the top rookie and top Ford. However, only three Fords finished in the top 15. Oh, yeah. Nice and simple one this week. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of math in this one. I think I've got I, it, but man, there's some stacked facts in there. My initial thought is, didn't Chase Elliott have like seven straight road wins at one point before he won this weekend? So wouldn't that make his total more than seven? And can you call it a return to dominance? Like, that, does that saying mean something oh, special ooh, there? Good point. Eh, maybe it wasn't a return. Did he ever leave? <laughs> Botter cons from the clouds. I'm going with number three. The Fords always seem to be awful recently, so give me the stupid Fords. The Fords have been awful recently, but I've got that one as wrong because I, I think the first, like, three quarters of that statement were correct. Like, Briscoe was the top rookie. Briscoe was in sixth. Briscoe was the top Ford. But I think there were uh, a lot more Fords stacked up there in the top 15 than just two or three. Um, I think it got deep with Ford since there weren't any others in the top 10. I'll go with number one. I'm going two. I'm going two. There was just so much going on in that one. Something's <laughs> got to be false. Good coverage there. Uh, all right. Well, the Ford defenders sniffed it out. Ryan and Dave are right. Fact number three was actually a lie. Chase Briscoe finished sixth. He was the top rookie. He was the top Ford. But there were four Fords in the top 15, not three. Uh, which makes that a lie. Um, but yeah, Chase Elliott, yeah, return to dominance, maybe not the right terminology because he has dominated for a while, but it's just, it was his seventh career win on the road course. So he's two behind Gordon, one behind Tony Stewart. And Richard Childress racing, man, quietly just, you know, stacking up good finishes. Tyler Reddick has been on a top 10 hot streak. He's, you know, him, both him and Austin Dillon are, are in the playoffs right now on points and looking like they've got a nice cushion. You know, obviously things can change. And one of them, you know, would like to get a win so they don't have to rely on it. But uh, those guys are, are putting together some good runs. So those were the three or two facts and one lie. Um, let's let's hop in here a little bit, talk about Chase. Uh, you know, not a surprise that Chase Elliott won this race. It's a road course. Everyone always picks him. But it seems like this year maybe not the same as last year where everyone sort of is 100% gung-ho on Chase winning. I mean, Kyle Larson's been really good. Kyle Busch has been really good. Truex has been good. And Chase even said during practice that he was bad. His team was a little bit off and, and qualifying was a little off. Uh, but come came out there, worked the track throughout the race, led 25 laps and took it home. Wasn't really even close there at the end. If I'm the field, this is the win that's got me nervous about Chase Elliott. I think we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. And like, he hasn't had a great season. He hasn't looked dominant. He hasn't been the best Hendrick car. I'm not convinced he's been the second best Hendrick car, uh, but he's coming off a championship. So maybe a little championship hangover. You really saw, like you said, that focus this week where he just raced the track, hit his marks and, and put himself in position at the, at the end to win in dominating fashion. And, you know, we're getting toward crunch time. And, and I think this sets him up nicely moving forward. So this has nothing to do with the race, but before the season started, uh, Dave was very anti-road courses. I was very pro-road courses. I'm here to say Dave was right. I'm getting a little tired of the road courses. I don't think they translate well to TV. I think our friend Jeff Gluck had it that from 311 to 333, it was just under caution since there was a late caution that went to a stage break. But I just don't think NASCAR has these road courses quite figured out. And it doesn't help that Chase Elliott always seems to dominate them or another another Hendrick car. So 
I'm looking forward to the Glen. I love Kenny. You know, Coda was fun, but I, I was kind of looking forward to another oval, but <laughs> as weird as that sounds, but it might just be too many road courses on the schedule. Brian, it's a good point about the translate translating to TV part of it because I watched the race and I was like, yeah, this race is fine, but like I, I never was really into it. And there was a couple cool moments, but and then after or later on, on Sirius XM, I was listening to Dave Moody and he was like, and the race was so great. I was like, really? It was like, am I that off? Like, I, it just it it's tough to like get what looks like an awesome place in Road America, which was packed with stands um, and looked like everyone is having a sort of good time. It's tough for like the racing to sort of like just translate there because you're always switching to different turns and corners when you're on TV. It's, it's just tough to take it in, I think. And I think sitting there at Coda, I think Dylan would agree that you could watch different battles going on. You weren't, you know, you didn't have to watch what TV was showing you. So you could focus in on one corner or another where on an oval, if you're sitting up there nice and big, you can kind of see the entire track, you know, at one time. So these road courses, I don't think they have quite figured out. Maybe take a page from the F1 guys, see how they do it. Maybe get rid of stages, I think would help. But it just wasn't a great TV product. It didn't have me run into my TV either on July 4th at 2.30. Yeah, bad timing with the day and time of day. Terrible. Um, yeah, right. You've really I mean, got to have a premier event on 4th of July to get people to sit down in front of the TV. And NASCAR, cup cars, making right turns just isn't it. Um, and, and look, I, Ryan said I am anti-road course. I'm a left-turn guy. I think that's what NASCAR is about. I've tried – you know, to get more into it as we're talking more about them. Obviously, there's a lot more on the schedule. We talked about it, I don't know, several road courses ago. But to me, the coolest thing is that these cup cars don't like them, right? They don't want to turn right. They don't want to make these aggressive turns. At some point, we shouldn't have such a high percentage of the schedule that this car is just not designed to do. Um, to me, that just doesn't make sense. Maybe the next-gen car will handle a little better. I, I don't understand packages, right? But at some point, if you're going to have this many road courses, they need a road course package that actually wants to turn right, that has heavy braking, that kind of stuff. I have a question for you guys if something would make it a little bit more intriguing to tune in on 4th of July because I will always watch the hot dog eating contest on 4th of July. That is marquee television. They had it in like a baseball stadium this year. What if little stage two to stage three break. We only need 10 minutes for Joey Chestnut to eat 76 hot dogs. Let's put him into wherever they are, make it a nice intermission halftime show, kind of, you know, do it up America style. That'd be good. I do think that's a great idea. <laughs> and I think you've identified another problem though with road courses is that they're so, it, a caution lap takes so long. You get two caution laps and you could have the entire hot dog eating contest. So that's something else they've got to figure out with all these turns um, and oh, even at Pocono, right? You know, two miles making those three turns takes a while, but to go somewhere like uh, road America, it just felt like it took forever. Might have to do a, a sausage eating brat eating contest. If you're going to do the road America, Wisconsin, that's race. true. They could do a cheese curd eating contest. They do those. I'm sure. Did you guys see the, they were chugging orange juice before the hot dog eating contest? It was lemonade. A gallon of lemonade. One gallon. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that one might've been Fantastic. grosser than the hot dog contest. <laughs> that's, as, that's as American as it gets right there. It's just two guys up there chugging a gallon of lemonade while thousands of people cheer them on. <laughs> I still have a lot of leftover Sunny D from Pocono. If uh, anyone wants to come up here for another, for another round of chugging uh, lemonade or Sunny D. Man, we didn't even talk about how we brought Sunny D to Pocono. We we did. Thanks, Sunny D. It's delicious. It was so good. It was so great. It was great. 
Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't have much more on the race. Uh, I don't know if you guys do, but, you know, I, I think Ryan and Dave, you guys make good points. It, it, on the July 4th, if you're, especially if the, the actual day is July 4th, you've got to have something that is going – I mean, that race obviously brought people to the stands. They had a very good turnout, which was awesome. But I'm, I'd be interested to see the ratings, and I really hope I don't shoot myself in the foot when I say – they might not be as good as they were hoping, um, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. I got a couple crew chief notables here. Ross Chastain finished seventh. Speaking of Chastain, uh, that was a little bit under the radar. Reckham, uh, Ricky Stenhouse finished 12th. So good for Ricky there. And then Good for that car. Good Kurt for that Bush, hot dog. I mean, they, yeah, good for the hot dog. They, uh, they talked about Kurt Busch you know, a good amount, but, man, he's staying hot. A fourth-place finish. Uh, Ganassi sure as hell ain't laying down. Um, and Kurt Busch has come out of – I mean, I guess it's sort of nowhere. I felt like it wasn't too long ago we were doing the is he gonna make the playoffs, yes or no? And now he's he's uh he's in there in the points and uh looking like he's not not fading away. And the so, most sought after free agent, too. I mean what what a what a come up for the premier Bush brother. Well, how about a how about a just a a, a you know, like a one eighty in career from when Kurt Bush couldn't find a ride. You know, ten years. He was ago, in the Phoenix Fifty One car, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now Michael Jordan is uh, knocking down his door to throw him in the forty-five. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. Okay, well, let's move on into predictions here for next week. Whoa, well, Dara, I've got, I've got the GNG of the week here. We, oh, we my skipped bad, over a segment. It's gonna. I'm gonna go a little bit of an outlier here. I'm gonna give it to my buddy Patrick. It was his wedding this weekend, actually on 4th of July. So uh, I'm actually staying at his place here in Colorado. So he, he's always been a great supporter and listener. So uh, congrats, Patrick, on getting married and being the OKG or uh, GNG OKG of the week. Nice. I, I have to ask, I know he is a gas and go hat owner. Did it make an appearance during the festivities? Yeah, she was actually wearing it walking down the aisle. Uh, Beautiful. It's a lovely bride. Yeah, it was a great was, moment. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere yeah, those, pic- those pictures turned out beautiful with that gas and go at. Boogity. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Now let's talk about some predictions. Going back to hot Atlanta this weekend should be, well, pretty hot down there. Um, and so we're going to go in the order, uh, same order as the paint schemes. Connor, you're leading us off. Who wins Atlanta? Tyler Reddick. Wow. All right. Dave. <laughs> uh, this, this may please the fans. Ford is strong at Atlanta. I don't like the Penske guys, so give me the best Stuart Haas machine and the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Wow, we are going off script here. Rhino, third. Are you going to take him or not? So, so the guy who should have won by 10 seconds, Kyle Larson. The guy who did win, Ryan Blaney, are still available. I, I'll take Kyle Larson. I, I won't be stupid. Bill? Um, you know, now's the time for Chase Elliott to make his run to 10. Back-to-back weeps for Chase Elliott. Okay. I would pick Blaney because he won the earlier, but I feel like I haven't. Blaney's just been off the map. I'm going to go Hendrick. It's going to be William Byron this week. Willie B gets the win in hot Atlanta. Uh, all right, Dill, we got any prop bets? Um, just one this week. It is going to be over or under the winner's number at five and a half. One final time for the over under of the Kyle Larson bet. I'm going over, of course, because Eric Amarola will win this race. Yeah, as am I. Damn. Seems take, like I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the only one correct this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take the under. We got Kevin I'll Harvick, Austin Dillon, Brad. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones under there. 
Quinn until he stops winning races consistently. Yeah, you got you got the Healthmeister under there sneakily under five and a half, double zero. Kezo, we, Kurt Busch. We got what three in a row now that Kyle Larson has not won. I know. Yeah, well, Uh-oh. wild times. One of those it's, it's he blew it and, yeah. with a hundred feet to go. <laughs> hey, Kyle Larson was listening when I told him he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna win in the playoffs. Started now. <laughs> he sure I've got. Was. T- I've got two future lines I'm very curious about. And I, you know, I don't think we can make a real prediction, but when does Ty Gibbs hit the Cup Series full-time and in which Gibbs car? Maybe it's the 23-11-45. I mean, I t- we talked about that. I think that is perfect. But I, I assume he's going to run one full year of Xfinity, and then they'll see where the lineup is with Gibbs in terms of who's, who's there and who's moving on. But – it's it's gonna be soon. I mean, the kid's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think Kyle Busch has but another season or two on his contract. He just inked Truex again, and it wouldn't shock me if he was in the eighteen in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, whatever you two heard, years from now is. You heard it here first. Ty Gibbs is good, says GNG. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news: Ty Gibbs is good at racing. Um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of funny to see him stall out there. Uh, uh, I guess he broke a transmission there the, on Saturday because he, he was running top three again. Uh, but Yeah, finally in a sponsored car. Uh, weird that they kind of sw- switched his number. Yeah. Uh, 81 looked cool out there, though. I liked it. Yeah. How um, exciting is it going to be when it's Kyle Larson versus uh, Gibbs, like a rivalry, every race, just one and two? Pretty exciting. I mean, at that point, Trackhouse is going to be dominant, too. So, Dolly. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Uh, Like I mentioned at the beginning, some news to share. And if you've been listening, you might have picked up on it. As I mentioned, this is our last show with Racing USA on board. Again, can't thank them enough. They've helped fuel the Gas & Go crew for the last 22 weeks. We've gone a lot longer than we thought we ever would with this thing, and, and they're a big part of that. So just like the Racing Warehouse, who was with us when we were just young little pups coming out of the gate. Um, Got to thank everyone who's, who's been on board with us. Uh, so going forward, the Gas & Go podcast will still be around, but we're probably going to switch from weekly to every other week, maybe every two weeks. We'll see how things shake out. Maybe we'll do some back-to-back weeks. Going to try to get some more interviews lined up. Uh, we've just been busy in, in the middle of the season. It's harder to get guys. Um, and see what other exciting stuff we can bring in to just mix it up. But uh, in the meantime, we'll still be around again, maybe not every week, but look out for us on the, on your podcast feed. When we do have new episodes, uh, we'll still be there on social media. So feel free to reach out, interact with us, whatever your heart desires. Keep grinding. We'll keep grinding alongside of you and we'll see you next time. And I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside the day The music died So bye-bye, Miss American Pie
Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, This'll be the day that I. 